Welcome to the Bridge Church Podcast. To find information about the bridge, including service times and directions, check out thebridgeportage.org. We hope the following message inspires you to be one, make one. All right, my friends, I get to put one thought in all of your heads. And in order to do that, I'm going to tell you, this piece of wood is to become a critical component of what I hope happens in your time with me right now. We're about ready to wrap up this part of our Organic Disciples campaign and uh, talk specifically about consistent community. And uh, some of you grabbed message notes on the way in. If you didn't, you're welcome to go grab one right now. But I want to convince all of you to make a decision today for the rest of your lives. And I'm not kidding. That's how strong I hope this comes across. And after hearing all the testimonies, I think that should be a pretty easy time into this. So on page 203 of your books, and some of you brought them, some of you didn't, uh, I was like reading the introductory page, and I just want to uh, call out these first few lines of this. God exists in eternal, perfect Trinitarian community. So real quick, our topic is consistent community. And the first thing we look towards God is to say, what is God like? God is in perfect Trinitarian community. When we baptize a child, or when we say in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we're talking about the Trinitarian community where the Father knows the Son and the Son knows the Holy Spirit. And inside God's existence is relationship. And I know that's interesting. A lot of people say, oh, I believe in God. We believe in God that is Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's one of the most unique, distinctive parts of Christianity compared to all the other religions in the world. So it starts off, it says, God exists in eternal, perfect Trinitarian community Jesus made relationships a priority when he walked on this earth, and he called his disciples to live in consistent, loving community. And when we do, when we walk in loving fellowship with God and each other, the world will see that we have what their hearts long for. So here's the main point of today. Consistent community is an essential ingredient for spiritual growth. And folks, I'm going to just keep pushing that over and over again. If you want spiritual growth— Consistent community is an essential. You, you can't skip it. You can't go, oh, I'll get it some other way. You have to have consistent community to get that. Huge challenge for people who said, oh, I don't need church. Huge challenge for people who just show up to church every so often because that is not consistent community. You cannot drop by church and call that consistent community. You just can't. This essential ingredient is what Jesus called his followers to. And here's a picture. I love this picture. Ragtag bunch of men and women simply walking closely with Jesus and with each other. And it's a beautiful picture, but what the community of faith is, consistent community. They didn't always get along. Some of them smelled bad. Uh, they, 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 weren't, they weren't the smartest people in the world. They came from different backgrounds, but somehow Jesus brought them together in consistent community. And yet so many people say, well, I'm too busy to walk with a group of other people. I'm just going to do faith my own. How's that working for you? Some people were in a consistent community like that, and one person said something to them that offended them. But rather than going through the restoration process like we just heard about here, like, I'm out. A person in my church, I'm offended. I'm out. A pastor did something, I'm out. And while I understand the hurt, it makes me so sad that the very thing we need to grow is consistent community, and they decided to not go after that. On our wall in the lobby before we had it painted was our seven essentials, and you need to hear the DNA of this church. So this is what we said about consistent community. A disciple of Jesus, we are part of a larger community known as the church. 
Jesus established the church to be the ultimate example. I love that. An expression of obedience, love, truth, grace, and forgiveness for all the world to see. As the body of Christ, we were created for community and cannot fulfill God's purposes without it. The essential part of being in a consistent community, we've, we've broadcast that over and over again. Same thing the Apostle Paul said to a little church in Corinth about how they needed to operate. Look at this verse from 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 12. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. On the way in, you saw this on our beam. Be one, make one. English majors, is that singular or plural? Answer is yes. We have be one, singular, make one, singular, but there's no way either of those things happen without a group of people in consistent community. We need one another to grow, and we need one another to launch other people into their walk as disciples of Jesus. So, I mentioned to you the log. Some of you know this, some of you maybe don't. This piece of dry firewood is all ready to go. Can't wait to be on a fire to get on fire. And you know that if I put this on a fire, this log would quickly be engulfed in flame with all the other logs, and you would see smoke, you would see fire, you would see light. It would be obvious that it was on fire. But did you know that if I reached in and took this log off that fire and set it off by itself, not in consistent community, it would smolder and go out? And some are like, oh, come on. We made a video just to prove it. Check this out. There's my happy little log in the middle of church, community, consistent community, going to life group, going to church, all that kind of stuff. There's fire, there's heat coming off. And for some reason, too busy, uh, got offended at something, they decided I don't need to be part of that anymore. Watch how quickly it turns into just a smoldering, smoky, not on fire log anymore. Folks, we need consistent community. We absolutely need to have that. Here's a statistic showing the number of people in America that don't agree with me. It's amazing how the attendance of church is plummeting in our country. And I'd love to go ask those people, hey, how's your faith? Are you still praying with the same level of passion? Are you still growing? Because for some reason, so many people in our country have decided they don't need faith. Well, I think part of it is because they haven't read their Bible. You cannot read through the pages of Scripture and not get to the conclusion community is important. It starts with God. Imago Dei, when God created humans out of the Trinitarian relationship that he is, he touched humans and says, you were made for community. Community with one another and community with me. The only time in Genesis where God says it's not good is when Adam was alone. He goes, oh, that's no bueno. And he did something about that. And then he called us into community. Uh, all the way through the Old Testament, God's people are called God's people. He literally calls them not individual people, but my people. There's 12 tribes. And oh, by the way, Jesus chose 12 disciples in the New Testament. Some people have never caught that. Like, why did Jesus choose 12? Because he was establishing his new covenant community of the New Testament. Accountability groups. Jesus had his 12 disciples. Do you know he had a breakout group of smaller people? Peter, James, and John were his breakout small group Bible study. Ryan, just like you do. Hey, at the end of life group, everybody's gathered. Get, get into smaller groups and pray for one another. Jesus must have heard you teach that in the past. The New Testament word for church is ecclesia. It's literally the called out ones, plural. Another verse, 1 Corinthians 12. And you together 
are Christ's body, and each of you is part of it. On the screen are a whole bunch of verses about what community is supposed to do. We're supposed to love one another. We're supposed to teach one another, submit to others, accept, live in harmony with one another, care for. None of those things happen if you say, I'm out, I can burn as a log all on my own. None of those things happen unless you stay close and intimate in a community of faith. None of those things happen when you drop by church once every four weeks. It is not consistent community, and you will not experience those things. So, here's a question for you. When will you no longer need consistent community in your life? Answer, never. You will never get to the point where you're like, oh, I'm so spiritual. Oh, you offered to pray for me? No, I don't need it. I'm good. You will never be so developed in your own spiritual gifts that you can say to other people, oh, whatever spiritual gifts you have, no, I don't need it. I'm, I'm good on my own. Oh, I'm going to just raise my kids. I don't need your support or love or influence in raising my kids. Folks, you will never not need consistent community. You'll never get to that point. And so welcome to super mature people. If you think you can do it without, then you're not super mature because spiritual maturity knows I need spiritual community. So here's a bunch of pictures. Rachel, can you roll some of these? In our church, over 500 people right now have decided I need consistent community. This is a picture of a lot of our life groups. I'm not sure how many you actually got, Ryan, but just look at all of those people. Guess what? They all have busy lives. And if they said every Tuesday, I'm going to be at my life group. They all have had even bad interactions with other people in the past. Like, I'm not letting that stop me. I need to know people. I need to pray with people. I need people to pray for me. Consistent community is something that we live passionately in this place. Rachel, you can stop rotating the pictures because I want to share everybody my life group. We started the Organic Disciples Campaign in Heidi. My wife and I started a new life group to try to welcome people into this process. We started off meeting in a group of chairs over there, and then we met in a group of chairs over there. Uh, everybody else got private rooms in the church building. We had to be in this big auditorium. I don't know why that was, Ryan. <laughs> One of the ladies in our group, who's in the audience today, said, I've never prayed out loud. We got to the prayer thing, and that was where she scored the lotus, and we were all talking about how the survey affected us. She said, I've never prayed out loud. I'm so nervous about doing it. Of course, me, you poor little thing, too. I'm like, well, it's a perfect time for you to pray. And I asked her, would you pray for us right now? And with trepidation and hesitation, she did pray a beautiful prayer over our group. Afterwards, she thanked me for being so obnoxious. Maybe someday you'll thank me for that as well. <laughs> But it's a safe place to grow. In the area I'm weakest and I struggle the most, oh, this church is going to give me a plan, chance to it, it grow. Ryan, I mentioned this to you, but to the person, we met there on Tuesday night, every single person in my whole group said a phrase or a verse or something you said in joyful generosity. And they said, that's affecting me and it's making me think differently. And I realized when we get to teach and be part of a covenant community where we share scriptures, that's where we learn from scripture and it affects us. You can't walk on the beach and get what we got last week with Ryan teaching. A different life group in our church had a man who said to the guys in this group, I'm planning to divorce my wife. And the guys in this group said, hey, wait a minute. And they pulled him aside and they prayed with him and supported him. He didn't have to go through that difficult decision alone. He ended up saying, I'm not going to do that. We had another lady in the life group said, I'm thinking about ending my life. And the people in the life group said, oh, no, you don't. And they gathered around her and supported her. She no longer says that. When you have a baby in our church, your life group is the first people to go bring you a meal. When you go to the hospital, your life group is the first group that goes there. 
Hope's consistent community is something that we absolutely have to live in this church. Ryan and Jeanette, I'd love to have you come up. I'm going to end by offering this challenge for everybody, and Ryan and Jeanette are going to help me. How are you going to make a decision to be more involved in consistent community? Where's, where's your play? Where do you want to make that move? Because if right now you haven't found that consistent community, we want that for you. So Ryan and Jeanette, what are a couple options, please? Yeah, so truly the most slam dunk application of consistent community is life groups. It happens to be the thing that we push the most because it really is where doing and being meet. It's not an event to go to. It's a lifelong decision each week to gather with people and to be affected by them. So if you are not yet in a life group, I encourage you to go online to our page and click contact us and get information from me or find me after service or email me and I'll help facilitate that. But the best example I can give for life groups is the one that Jeff already did with the log on the fire. And just like when you pull the log off the fire, it takes a few seconds, maybe even a few minutes to notice a difference. I think it's the same in our lives. If you're not in a life group, I think for a few weeks, maybe even a few months, you'd be like, I'm fine, I'm fine. But if you look back over the course of years, if you were in a life group versus not in a life group, you would definitely notice a difference of just being surrounded by that community day after day, week after week. I want that for you. If you don't have that and want that, please come find me. The other thing I'm here to uh, let you know about, this is for the men, is next Saturday we're having a men's connection event. And like really tune in because I doubt you've heard about this. We haven't really said much about this. We are going to have breakfast, but it's not just a men's breakfast. We're going to have three hours together next Saturday morning that talks all about how to forge deeper community. So actually at that event, it won't be so much, hey, here's the community you should join. Come to this thing. Come to this thing. It will be men. We want to teach you how to build this kind of community in your own life. Instead of going and finding it, how can you start it? How can you instigate this and be a catalyst for this in your marriage, with your kids, with your male friends who are also trying to walk with Jesus? So there's really two foundational pieces to this event next Saturday. We're going to teach men how to go first in sharing. Again, don't try to just go find a group where people share. How do you go first? How do you start that? How do you become a catalyst for that? So how do you appropriately share and go first in that? And then how do you ask better questions to get other people to share? How do you ask better questions in your marriage with your kids and with your uh, friends that are men that you really want to go deep with? So we all need deeper community. I think men especially, sometimes we miss out on this and it hurts us badly. So if you're a man, I encourage you to come next Saturday. And ladies, it is not all about the men. We have two opportunities coming up. The first opportunity is our annual women's retreat, but the nice thing about this is we get to come on Friday night. You get to go home and sleep in your own beds and then come back Saturday morning. More detailed information is in your program, but I am excited. Our guest speaker is Anna Radcliffe. She's an amazing speaker out of Grand Rapids. She's going to be coming and sharing with us the theme of joy and teaching from several passages in Philippians about what it looks like to have joy in our struggles, what it looks like to have joy in the good times and the challenging times, how to create joy within our community. It is a great way to press into uh, being in a community. There's going to be lots of fun activities. You don't have to worry about meals because that's taken care of. And anytime somebody else fixes something for you, it's pretty awesome. We're going to have fun times, prizes. Um, the registration early bird special ends today. So you want to sign up and take advantage of the cheaper price in coming. There's a student price. 
So anyone in middle school or above can go. You can be single, married, divorced, engaged, young, old. We want you here because it's going to be an amazing time of fellowship, learning, fun. You don't want to miss it. Sign up for the early bird registration today. The second thing, and I'll just plant the seed in your head, April 11th, it's a Tuesday, is when we will start our next spring women's Bible study. We'll have offerings Tuesday morning and Tuesday evening. You don't want to miss out on that because there's just something so sweet about fostering friendships with other women when it's centered around digging into scripture. So I want to encourage you to take advantage of those two things, but first the retreat, sign up. All right. All those things are listed in the program. You also see a connection card. And for some people, getting connected to a consistent community would actually be filling out a connection card today. Some of you have never done that. I encourage you to do that. I love seeing the names of new folks. You can use the QR code and do that online as well. Some of you have never been to a newcomer orientation. What a great way to get first step in a consistent community. And that's tonight. Heidi and I host that at our home. If you want to come, we'd love to have you come tonight. The last thing is offering. Giving offerings, giving money to a community is part of your consistent community involvement. It's part of joyful giving out of a heart of gratitude to God. And so if you have been faithfully giving, I say thank you. If you're considering how to have more joyful generosity, I say thank you. And if you're thinking about giving for the first time, I say thank you, but never give any pressure for those things. So would you stand up? I'm going to give you one last closing word, and then we'll tell you how we're going to slip out of this place today. Folks, I love this church. I love what goes on here. And I invite you to be part of the consistent community of disciples growing in their faith here. You can see that a lot of us are pressing in wholeheartedly. And on the screen is this phrase, consistent community is an essential ingredient for my spiritual growth. And if you have come to that conclusion that you do not want to be a log off on your own, then you can say with me, consistent community is an essential ingredient for my spiritual growth. And then it's the question of how do I find that? Who do I have help me find the best consistent community? Church, I want us to be on fire. I want to have us feel the heat and the flame and the fire of the Holy Spirit. I invite you to press in from whatever place you are to the next step of consistent community. I want that for us, and I'm going to pray that for us. God in heaven, may you uh, just instill in all of us a commitment, a drive, a decision for our lifetime that we will always hunt for and find consistent community. We'll help create it, we'll help forge it, we'll find it, but we do not want to live life on our own. Jesus, we want to follow closely after you and other disciples who are following closely after you. May we never drift away from that. May you always call us to consistent community in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So as you get ready to leave, uh, on the screen are all the steps that you might want to take. Jim, I'm going to hold off in a second. All the steps you're ready to take. Information's in your program there. If you want to come pray with one of our prayer teams about that, if you want to talk with the person you came with, you can. If you want to give an offering on the way out, there's green buckets on the way out. And I think our offering team is going to stand up here in the front and do that too. Jim, do you, do you need to say something? Yeah. yeah, let's go. Here we go. Jim's got to say something. This is Jim. He knew me as a teenage kid, so I have to be nice to him, right? Yeah. Let me get a mic here, Jim. Yeah, I know you can. Here we go. Go ahead. Hold on a minute here. Okay.
I'm going to take this. Is it on? Yes, sir. Okay. I'm going to take this opportunity. No, you can let go. Okay. I can hold it. Uh, <laughs> Jeffrey and my daughter, Michelle, yeah. went to Christian school together. We've known him ever since he was a kid. Mm-hmm. And his mom and I are second cousins. And I've watched Jeffrey grow up. You're not allowed to call me Jeffrey, by the way. He's allowed to call me that. You're not allowed to call me Jeffrey. Yeah, he, he is Jeff. Okay. Pastor Jeff. Okay. And I respect you for that. Uh, you can call me Jeffrey. I love it. <laughs> and I've watched him grow through the years. And I remember when he decided to become a pastor and what turmoil him and his dad went because his dad wanted to become part of the family business. Yeah. And God led him to follow his own heart. God bless you. Mm-hmm. And I watched him grow through the years. And he went out west. And he had a congregation in that grew. And I watched the fire of the Holy Spirit yeah. Yeah. burn in him. Yeah. And the fire of the Lord come down. Mm-hmm. And he blossomed. Mm-hmm. And then I was an elder here at Faith as it fell apart mm-hmm. and the bridge got built. Yeah. And then the Lord called Jeffrey and he humbly surrendered to the Lord yeah. and he came here. And congregation, I want you to understand how blessed you are to have Jeffrey mm-hmm. as your pastor mm-hmm. in this program you have going here. The Lord inspired that in yeah, Jeffrey and right. his associate pastor to have this started. Mm -hmm. So I would like to say a prayer for Jeffrey Mm -hmm. and you as a congregation, if I may. You may. Okay. You may. Okay. Mm -hmm. Father God, we humbly borrow our spirits before your throne of love, Mm -hmm. grace, and mercy. Father, this has been a wonderful homecoming for me to be here with Jeffrey and this congregation. This program that you have had Jeffrey get started and his associate pastor within this congregation is just absolutely phenomenal. I ask that you would breathe down a new life of Holy Spirit upon this congregation, that you would allow your life to live through them. Not that they would look into their neighbors and their families as just people but as their brothers and sisters in Christ. And Father, we ask that you would anoint Jeffrey and his associate pastor with a new blessing of Holy Spirit, that it would rain down on him like fire. And Lord, bless this whole church, that it would continue to grow as it has. And Lord... Thank you that I was once part of this church and that I have neighbors that are still part of this church and that we can grow together. Now, in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, we ask all of this, not because we deserve it, but for Christ's sake. Amen. 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 Thanks, Jim. Thank you. I just think they need a little Blessings, everybody. Thanks for being here today. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church in Portage, Michigan. For additional information, check out thebridgeportage.org or stop by and visit us.